probably I walked because it made me feel good and I knew I would feel good. I think that the relentlessness of it actually in the end proved to be very good for the mind, body and soul. Urban Jungle brings stories from people around the globe that design and build a better world. I am Magda Flores and this is Urban Jungle. Welcome. Did you know that where we live and how we interact affects our well-being? Yet, when we talk about well-being, we tend to talk about me. Well-being is about we, the community and the environment we live in. It is time to shift the paradigm from me to we. Check out the Urban Wellbeing Training courses developed in partnership with the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org. Hi, this is Magda, and this is a conversation with my husband, Andy Don Flores. Today, we talk about our book based on the three-month walk from Canterbury to Rome. Yeah, you heard right. And we'll talk about all of that in a minute. It is called Soul Feet Healed Souls. And obviously, the story is behind the title. So this is an interview with Andy and Magda Don Flores. Hi, Andy. Hi. Yes, looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> Very good. What was your biggest challenge, you think, when we were actually doing the work and perhaps writing about it? Doing the walk, I think the biggest challenge was every day the relentlessness of walking 25 kilometers or more, particularly early on in the walk when we were doing 30 kilometers or more and not really having time to recover and then getting up the next day and doing it again and then not really having time to recover and then getting up the next day and doing it again. And that did really sort of start getting very tiring. And I think the best thing that we could have done was agreed to have rest days along the way, because those rest days rested the body as well as the mind and was, was really, really good. So that was one of the key challenges, I think. One of the key things I was really nervous about was planning the trip and the accommodation. Where were we going to sleep? What were we going to do? What happens if we got to a place and there was nowhere to sleep? But in the end, that was much easier than I ever expected it to be but, I, but it was a challenge to begin with how about you how were you challenged the most you see in terms of the accommodation in the worst possible case i would knock on someone's door but then again we are the total opposite but i tell you what i found really really difficult was what shoes to wear so i don't know if, if i'm being a bit um stereotyped but certainly finding the right shoes for me was a huge challenge and that's because my toe box is a little bit wide and I do remember ages ago running a half marathon and I was doing all right and then I had to stop and I had to stop because my my toes all went numb not because I could no longer run so I took my shoe off that time that I did the half marathon massaged my feet then put their shoe on and that was it but I thought that cannot happen if I'm walking, because I'm going to be walking for six to eight hours a day. And that was something that kept me very, very, very nervous. 
I suppose another thing was what to pack and what not to pack. I'm very petite, very short, and therefore my backpack. I mean, it was, I don't know, two thirds the size of yours, you think, or less? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> About that. So, you know, when whenever, whenever I was packing, I would actually think of every single item. And that actually meant that I had, for example, to decide, do I take the laptop? Do I take a phone? So I take I took the phone with a keyboard and then the keyboard eventually stopped working. So I had to chuck it out halfway down. Made it lighter. <laughs> Much lighter, yes. So it was very kind of you to carry our food, though, because we didn't find food everywhere. France was a bit challenging for that, don't you think? It was, yes. And I was pleased we had the food in a few places that we ended up staying in particularly where there was no shop, no hotel, nothing to stay other than them. And we were the only people that were staying in the, uh, the communal place that we were staying in. So, yes, that was definitely worthwhile. Um, I, I didn't mind carrying the extra weight. We were advised that it was 20% of our body weight, and I'm at least two-thirds heavier than you are. So having, two, <laughs> having the extra weight, I think, was probably fair. <laughs> what I found quite interesting is that at the beginning, I was eating like for three people, you know, massive, massive breakfasts. And then as time went on, I actually learned that I didn't need that much energy in terms of food, that it was like I was trying to fill in a void. And, you know, I'm tired, therefore I'll eat more and therefore I'll feel less tired. That was weird, right? It, it was, and I think it contributed to the toning of the bodies. Because by the end, I think uh, I don't think my body has been as toned as that for I don't know decades. Um, but that was very nice. Well, we should be planning the next one then. <laughs> and it, I'm just thinking about memorable moments. I mean, there were there were so many. It is really really difficult to pinpoint it to one or you know be very clear. But um, you had mentioned Bolsena, the Lake Bolsena. Yeah, so that was one of my sort of favourite moments of the trip was when we got together with our fellow pilgrims and we had dinner together all in the same place. And there were seven of us or eight of us and we were six or seven different nationalities, all speaking English, I have to say, despite the fact that we were from all over Europe and North America, um, that we had some French Canadians with us. And it was just a free and easy conversation about a whole load of different subjects that I don't think would have happened quite so quickly or easily had we not all been pilgrims on the same road. Um, and it, it, it was that atmosphere that I, I do remember and think was really good. I was surprised that most people had, you know, they had obviously their professions, they were normal people. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I expected, probably for people to be a little bit quite hippie or something, but they were normal, nice, well-adjusted people. Yeah, I mean, I noticed that they were all, or a lot of them were going through some kind of life change, whatever it might be. So either they were early retired or children had just left for university, like us, <laughs> um, or they were coming out of college and they didn't really know what to do next. Uh, they weren't quite ready to decide or settle down. So I think there's a lot of people like that. There were a few people that just wanted to do the walk, so were doing it in stages. But I think everybody looked fit, healthy and happy while they were doing it. I don't think we ever saw anybody who looked unhappy doing the walk. And that was quite something. 
It's interesting to find out if they were happy because they were doing the walk or they were doing the walk because they were happy. So why did we do the walk? <laughs> oh, let me buy the book then. <laughs> Sore feet, healed souls, absolutely. And find it in Amazon. It's um, it's an everything, everything. Like I'm thinking, for example, about my memorable moment. I remember that we were going uphill in the Toscana region. And then it was kind of coffee time, yeah, because we had coffee at about 10 o'clock or something uh, since we had started early. So therefore, I remember that we had two options. You either turned right or left, as in up the hill or down the hill. And we thought, well, we seem to be nearly at the top, so we may as well just turn right. There was an Italian lady going around in circles, exercising. And I remember thinking, well, why did she go under the fence? which normally there weren't very many fences, but in this case, there was a fence. She goes under the fence and stands on a rock. And I thought, mm, that's nice. Anyway, she leaves. And then, of course, we finish our coffee. So we thought, okay, let's do the same. Let's go under the this fence. And it was the most amazing 220-degree view of the Toscana Valley. And she looked healthy. And at that point, we were looking healthy as well. So... You know, I suppose it was breathtaking. And that certainly made me very happy. So probably probably I walked because it made me feel good and I knew I would feel good. Didn't know how how well I'd feel. Why did you walk? <laughs> well, we wanted a break, didn't we, between uh, corporate life and a new way of living. Um, and it would seem to be a good way of taking a significant time out. I think COVID had an influence. The fact that COVID stopped us doing longer distance travel or on, on planes. I'm delighted about that. So we decided to do it under our own steam. And I think that having an end goal, like something like walking to Rome, a challenge, a long way, something that is reasonably well understood, um, was was all sort of came together and said, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, let's see what it was like." We've always liked like walking, haven't we? Um, we've never done anything quite like this before, but uh, I, I think that the relentlessness of it actually, in the end, proved to be very good for the mind, body, and soul. That's a that's a fair shout. Yeah, it's a it's an all in, isn't it? It was lovely meeting all these people, because we didn't meet them all the time. It was nice to hop and eventually kind of meet up in one city and then three days later or four days later. So we had already all developed our own thinking. Yes, and I, and I like the way we've taken all those stories and put them into the characters of the book. So none of the characters in the book are real, but they're all a composite of all the real stories that we heard. Because we did meet so many different people. Um, and what struck me was how people did it in such different ways. Some people did it four days a year, sleeping in a in a bivy bag, basically a, an, an outdoor sleeping bag, and nothing more than that. Other people stayed in hotels. Other people were doing it all in one go. Some people were doing six weeks, four weeks, two weeks. Everybody was doing it slightly differently, and it didn't matter. Everybody was sort of under the same sort of influence, and everybody accepted everybody else. And that, that feeling of community was also sort of really, really important and came across really strongly. Occasionally, because we wouldn't always walk with people. In fact, 
most of the time it was only you and I walking and um, you know stopping at the pit stop where I mean the locals that was a huge involvement from the community that they would leave coffee and cake and they would say please help yourselves and you know the, the people that could would leave a donation the ones that couldn't obviously wouldn't leave a donation but people were very respectful of the place and we were all very grateful in the middle of nowhere to have a, a sit down and something to eat and socialize yes yes that was especially in italy wasn't it mm, yes the difference between france and italy was marked France was deserted except for the cities and Italy was fun of life. Yes. And uh, it made the walk through Tuscany really, really enjoyable. Plus the fact we were a lot fitter at that. <laughs> <laughs> we had also been over the Alps. Well, we only took a little bit of the walk around Lake Geneva. But going over the Alps, I suppose it meant that, wow, we had already experienced the snow coming down and getting onto the Toscana region on the way down which it should have been downhill from then, <laughs> but it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> There's still quite a few ups. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so what would be your top takeaway if we were to share one? Do it. It's worth it. It's uh, taking time out of people's busy schedules to, to stop and, and stop and walk <laughs> um, and, and just do something completely different. and. The simplicity of walking where you've got to carry everything that you've got just means that you don't really have much time to think about anything else other than your daily routine. But meanwhile, you have lots of time to think because you're just walking along strips. So it's a bit of a you know, dichotomy in, in approaches, but it does really help just sort out the, uh, the, the mindfulness associated with it. And, and I think came back more relaxed, better, less, less anxious. Uh, people because of it. Yes, I think that sometimes we have lots of excuses, isn't it? Sometimes it just feels daunting to do the logistics. One thing there was just getting into the mindset, just thinking, yeah, so I, I like what you say about just do it rather than putting it off. Oh, I can't because. Yeah, one of the issues was uh, getting the time off work or stopping work to do it. Um, and three months is a long time. But I think what struck me is that it doesn't have to be three months. It can easily be whatever people can afford, two weeks, six weeks, or whatever it might be. And we debated, didn't we, how long does it need to mm. get the full benefits of, um, of going on the walk? And I don't think we ever came to an answer to that, because the longer you go, the better you seem to feel, um, unless maybe you'll get to a point, but we didn't quite reach it. But I, I think the majority of the benefits come after, you know, a couple of weeks, three weeks of just doing something continuous like that. And there were a number of people who we've stayed in touch with who are continuing to do two or three weeks a year and just walking around Europe on pilgrimage trails as part of their complete break from, from their normal life of work and children and everything else that goes with it. Um, and I think that's a very good way of doing it. I was very surprised when we got to one church and they had a map of all the various different uh, religious trails and commercial trails because, of course, they ended up being the same trails. And the whole of Europe is crisscrossed. And comparing that when we talked to a few American colleagues who actually said, well, they don't walk as much in the U.S., 
simply because of the issue with the logistics. It's so far away uh, from point A to point B that you actually have to carry even your water and your food. I mean, it was bad enough for us in France carrying a chorizo and, uh, and a few wraps or powdered soups. We want was to carry everything. Then there's a different level of support vehicle that one would require. So yes, it's uh, it's quite different. So do you think it healed your soul? I think the walk certainly helped. I I, I was ready to be my usual happy self, <laughs> and I think I got I definitely got there. The interesting thing was also afterwards, after having walked, if my mind would go into weird places, my mind would say, like, what are you talking about? You know, and I would remember a trail or or the feeling of walking. So, yes, I do think that it went definitely a long way towards towards healing my soul. <laughs> how about you? Yes, yes. I, I noticed how my children are telling me that uh, um, I'm a different person I'm more relaxed um, and I noticed that sort of on the walk that some things happened at the end in terms of logistics that had they happened at the beginning I'd have been very stressed and anxious about but by the end of the walk it was just oh well it will sort itself out so I think I became more relaxed and I think the process of writing the book helped reinforce that just spending time of thinking about it, going through it. I think the process that you came up with about writing the book and how we we're going to go about it was very good and it made us think about it. So, and, and that feels like a, a sense of achievement as like a second sense of achievement that not only did we manage to walk it, but we've actually managed to, to get a, a book published around it as well. Um, and the logistics associated with just publishing a book were, were quite fascinating, stressful, difficult, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera, but it, we've overcome those things to be able to achieve it. It was always very nice to have something to talk about, and we've never run out of things uh, to talk about. But I did wonder before we walked: Do we really need to have something else beyond the walk to make sure that we have something uh, to talk about? And it was a very nice thing to do when one is tired and then you can actually just talk about the book so it becomes like a third thing to talk about not you not me but something else before the walk during the walk and after the walk does that make sense it does and the, and the book evolved didn't it in terms of both titles how it looked and what it became about originally it was going to be a much more of a travel log now it's become much more of a a personal story of, of how we changed during the walk and the people we met and how the people we met changed during the walk. Um, and I, I think it's become a much more human book because of that, rather than just, as you would say to me when you read some of the early drafts, I got up and had breakfast. <laughs> yes, you do that every day. You don't have to keep writing about it. Oh, I, did, I, did, I didn't mean to be so difficult. <laughs> and I think that sort of evolved the book in a really nice way. Maybe the conclusion is that we are more human because of the walk. Yes. Yes, maybe whatever more human means, that would be a, a podcast in its own right. What does human mean? Well, normally when we talk about gender stereotyping, 
partly some things that happen is uh, dehumanizing people. And the moment that we actually are more aware about each one of us, what we feel, uh, just, just the fact that we feel the wind for whatever reason, the weather changes, you feel the cold or the heat and, and how other people are feeling because we had colleagues who had really very bad sores on, on their feet or, uh, well, you had one <laughs> or more. <laughs> anyway, so that makes us all know that there's something more beyond being fed and watered and having work because I think at some point we got ourselves lost in work 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 so this was about us feeling and being engaged both with nature but with other um, fellow humans yes and and there's no doubt that I did get very sore feet during the journey and I know you did too and I, I had calluses and and blisters that split open to a point where there were some days where I thought I couldn't walk the next day um, I'd have to have a day off. But what I would say is that sleep is amazing. Sleep just helps heal everything so well. And when you're tired and things don't quite work properly, having a good night's sleep changed everything. And with a little bit of ibuprofen and a little bit of strapping and good plasters and changing my boots and stuff like that, we, we managed to keep going each each time. Um but that sore feet element is something that we overcame and that gives a sense of achievement at the end as well. Awesome. Well, Eve, um, anything else you would like to add? No, other than let's everybody read it. <laughs> well, so uh, where can we find it, Andy? Please tell me. <laughs> so we can find it on Amazon. Um, we published it through Kindle. It's either in softback edition or Kindle e-edition. Uh, the best thing to search for is Andy and Magda Flores, but you can also search for one or two other things, and it will it will come up. Um, it's print on demand, which is an excellent process, but takes two or three days from um, ordering a, a paperback version for it to be delivered. But you, you only have to buy one, and it will be delivered fine. Uh, and yes, it will allow us to be able to go and do the next one of these and tell people about the next walk as well. And Don Flores is spelled D-U-N-N-F-L-O-R-E-S. Till next time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. This is Urban Jungle with your host, Magda Flores. Thanks for joining. And if there is a topic or people you would like to hear from, all you have to do is drop me a line. My email address is urbanwsolutions at gmail.com. Urban environments need your help. Be part of the solution. Check out our training courses on urban well-being. Developed in partnership with SIWEM, the UK's Chartered Institute of Water and Environmental Management at www.siwem.org.